when, but then when you hear the 50, that's when you. Adios. Didi Mao. I'm just riffing out. Chop this up, delete most of it. Anyway, what did I get on here for? My body odor. Okay, I remembered now. I was watching uh, some SGT report. Having uh, been an avid member, audience member, for quite some time, it's it's always refreshing to hear Sean. He is a true patriot. I don't know if you're familiar with that uh, that show. I think you can find it on Phaser.com. SGTReport.com. He's been deplatformed. He used to be like uh, uh, really um, uh, shit. I don't how should I put? It? Not really, but like more uh, more of a mainstream format. Uh, was kind of like really kind of neck and neck with X um, 42. Sorry, X 22 report. You know, I kind of put the put them both on the same um, uh, level, for the lack of a better term. I held I, I held them both kind of up above the fray, not quite into info wars, but up above some of the other, you know, alternative news sources. Anyway, and then um, Sean fell off of the uh, the queue. And he's always kind of have a, a penchant for, uh, you know, what he refers to as woo-woo stuff, aliens. Uh, I know he's, uh, uh, well, he, he uh, pretends, not pretends, but portends as a Christian, or at least someone of those type of values or moral fabric. So um, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. He... Uh, a little bit more open-minded, a little more open to the uh, esoteric, you know. Dave is more regimented with his delivery and topic, you know. He uh, he's they're both concerned with finances and political and geopolitical, but X42 will wander out off the, around the fringe uh, to the edges now and again, to the edge and beyond. Fighting the lies of the New World Order, it's Alex Jones. I'm still, excuse me, I'm still working on that dude's voice in his intro. Live. (laughs) Live. (coughs) 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 Oh, we have a Corona they have corona. Yeah, you know, we've all had corona at one point. That's the thing. I mean, maybe if you're a neophyte, you've never been exposed to anything other than a sterile birthing room, you might need a vaccine. 
Yeah, that shit. The whole vaccine, whatever the fuck you want to call it, the whole pandemic, scandemic, plandemic, hoax. Who knows? I do know that I read something written by, uh, uh, I first saw it on InfoWars. I'm not even going to try to recall. I know Alex Jones butchered the last name. It's in French, and then his crew corrected him. And, uh, yeah, but this guy was, uh, you know, had some pretty impressive credentials and worked for them. Is basically one of them? I don't know. Maybe he's a whistleblower. Who knows how it works anymore? But this dude came out and basically said that anyone who has taken the vaccine up to this point is going to be dead within two years. And I can, I've seen uh, things to reinforce that as far as there was a, uh, some lawmaker was that some, you know, one of their many fucking horse and pony shows. And he was uh, stating how, uh, yeah, just since these vaccines have began, there have been more deaths attributed to the COVID vax than all vaccines combined for the last like 15 years. So, you know, th- this is information you might want to, you know, hear at least, you know, I don't know if it sways your decision making, but, you know, if you're out there trying to decide, geez, yeah, should I do this or not? Should I, you know, stick this? metal rod into my body and let them deliver whatever is going to come out into my body. You know, again, I mean, I can't, I can't emphasize this enough. Okay. Uh, Yeah. You know, I got out of the Navy in 1994 and 2000 was it 11, seven years later. Uh, wait a minute, 17 years later, <laughs> I ran into a Navy buddy. Well, I reconnected with the Navy buddy. And I think, yeah, like within the first couple of days of us hanging out and reconnecting, he asked me, do you get vaccinated? And I was like, fuck no, I haven't been vaccinated since I got out. He's like, me either. He goes, I haven't caught a fucking cold since fucking... <laughs> 1990-something, I said, I, I hear you, dude. Who, who knows what they pumped into us? And then another Navy buddy who I do still keep in touch with, he hasn't had a vaccine since the early 90s. Late, well, actually, he got out in the late 90s. So, uh, again, none of us get colds. Um, I've been to, um, you know, VA facilities and been around a lot of vets and groups and uh golf tournaments and uh, functions and you name it, man. And, you know, even motherfuckers will bust up a group therapy session. When someone starts casually talking about vaccines, it turns into a fucking diatribe by somebody in the room, which is they're usually being egged on by, oh, that's right. You know, they ain't fucking the doctor, the facility. Excuse me. I'm just saying, you know, if you have a, weakened immune system, you might consider getting vaccines. They're giving them out free here at the VA. Yeah, you can take your vaccines and stick them in you with all due respect, doctor. Stick them in your ass. <laughs> That's, you know, I mean, yeah. You know, when they own you, and I, I remember being in, in an inoculation line. I took a fucking little paper cup bucket full of pills and got jacked with 
on either shoulder simultaneously. <laughs> like, wow, I don't know what they just gave me, but my nose is running immediately. And I'm <laughs> I mean, just, yeah, you know, two or three days, days later, I'm coughing up what looked like fucking pistachio pudding. That's what I, I'll never forget it. My mom used to make a lot of pistachio pudding. I've eaten a lot of pistachio pudding growing up, and I fucking, oh, what the fuck? What the fuck is that? And this other dude, look, I got one too. And these cats that, like, the first day after the inoculations, you know, they kind of had, like, runny noses and were coughing and shit. And then the dudes like me, they came down with it on the third day. Yeah, some of some of these dudes were like fell out, literally. You know, I can't move. And then you recover and get, you know, shot off somewhere because you might encounter something. So now you won't be infected by it if you do, because you're going somewhere where people wipe their asses with their fucking hands with nothing in between. Then they get offended if you wave at them with that hand. Hey, how you doing? <gasps> you barbarian. How dare you wave at me with your ass-wiping hand? <laughs> so I'm looking at my... Yeah. <laughs> hey, I got a Snickers. You want to eat it? Yeah. Anyway, I got way out there on that one. Excuse me. But yes, yeah, so I was watching this GT report and had this guy on there who was like a firefighter EMT that was doing micro uh, scope experiments with um, masks. These M95, is that what they are? These surgical masks made in China that people hand out to you everywhere you go. Apparently they have like little live microorganisms that live in the fabric and dislodge themselves and so that you breathe them in. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty, um, I don't know. It made me think. I do remember wearing a mask last year, briefly seeing friends in the hospital, a friend in the hospital. And I remember it was at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, that's when that nurse came up to me. Uh, hey, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to ask you guys to um, break this little group up in about five minutes. You know, and we can. And, and my immediate response was, "Why five minutes?" And she said, "Excuse me." And I said, "Why five minutes?" I go, "What's the difference? Five minutes, fifty-five minutes, five hours, five days. What's the rate of exposure? How is it going to be more severe after five minutes?" And she looked at me and goes. Um, I'm just trying to be nice. And I go, okay, I'm asking you for medical advice. You're a nurse. You're a person of a position of authority. You're telling me that I can't congregate in a group with my friend here who's a patient at your hospital because of a COVID infection that could be at critical mass at five minutes. Why isn't it at critical mass now? Why can we even be in the hospital with this deadly virus roving around? But yet five minutes later, you know, within five minutes, we're cool. But after that, you're going to have to break us up. You know, anyway, I just fucking walked off and uh, didn't go back. I don't know. I think the guy survived. 
<laughs> oh yeah, that's right. They held him for three days, charged him like eight hundred thousand dollars, and treated him with a fucking Sudafed tablet that they charged fucking two thousand dollars for. You know, literally, he could have bought a year's supply of fucking Sudafed, but you know, <laughs> when you're in the emergency room, they, you know, pop it out of the fucking bubble, the uh, wrap container, and oh, here you go. Why those fuck that that punk ass bitch nurse probably uh, made three times her normal fucking salary last year perpetuating that fucking bullshit trying to look like a fucking uh, lab code authority. Yeah, Stanley Milgram would be so fucking proud of what these fucking demonoids are perpetuating on us right now. In case you're not familiar with Stanley Milgram. He's the one that did the um, the shock experiment. Harvard, I believe. Yeah, Harvard shock experiment. And uh, long story, yeah, they, they had uh, uh, they brought in a unknowing participant, told him that you would be you're the participant. You're going to be administering a shock to me. I'm also a participant, a volunteer. I think we're making like fifty bucks for it or something like that. And then uh, I go into the other room, but what you don't know is I'm an actor, but you can hear me and you're, you ask me a question. When I answer it wrong, you have to deliver a shock to me, but you can't see it being administered to me in the other room, but you can hear me. So like the first shock, each, each time I um, miss a question, you increase the voltage so that you could eventually get to the point. You're like, no, nope, that's the wrong answer. Sorry, man. I have to give you no. Oh, and then I'm over there. Please don't. Please. I, I can't take it anymore. And then there's the, the facilitator who is, uh, you know, Stanley Milgram. Well, that wasn't actually him, but he's, he's uh, in a uh, lab coat. They found that just by putting on a fucking white lab coat was enough to, you know, work through the cognitive dissonance of a person who, you know, doesn't know if they should administer. Should I, you know, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Well, you have to. You volunteer for the program. You're being paid. But I, I, I can't do it. I don't feel right. Well, I mean. I mean, if you if you stop now, then it's going to mess up the whole experiment. I mean, the other he hasn't quit yet, and he's the one taking the the brunt of the of the abuse. And, and they would do it. Okay, ah, ah, please, man, please don't get don't not again. Anyway, they use different. Uh, people, different sexes, different ages, different religions, different uh, socioeconomic backgrounds. They went to different locations. He tried every variable he could to see where the slant was. It didn't matter if they they were doing it in a clubhouse or the fucking ultra-exclusive resort or if they were doing it at a community center in the fucking ghetto. The results were always the same. These people did exactly what the fuck they were told except for one Man, there was one guy in all of the study that lasted for years. One dude said, fuck this. I'm not doing it. Keep your 50 bucks. You motherfuckers are degenerate perverts. One. And Stanley Milgram started the experiment. He was a social scientist of psychology, sociology, and anthropology. And he was, his parents were Holocaust victims. I don't, I think they were survivors, but I don't recall that. 
But yeah, he wanted to try to understand the differentiation between the average German soldier who simply fought as a soldier and following orders as opposed to the Nazis who were cold-blooded executing people, you know, shooting the point blank, you know, the horror stories, uh, putting them in gas chambers, all of, all of the atrocities. But those were usually perpetrated by the high-level Nazis that were brought up in the system. They, they figured it out. I, I don't believe this is from Milgram's data, but it seems to the understanding being that they got a hold of these guys when they were kids. They came up through, you know, whatever, the breeding program, the Hitler youth. They were conditioned so that, you know, when they eventually were in their early 20s and military age, they were uh, – Put into elite and uh, um, I guess elite, elite is probably a bad choice of terms, but yeah, they were tasked with doing these things that were beyond the pale of the normal soldier because they had been indoctrinated into the system. When the war started, they were poised and ready to go. So um, yeah, so that's why you know that was an indicator beyond after Milgram, but Milgram was trying to understand what it was because a lot of them on their trials in their trials would say they were just following orders. I was just following orders. I was just following orders. So again, you know, being, uh, having enough discernment to be able to, or even not even discernment, uh, moral conviction to be able to look at something and go, man, this isn't right. No, I don't want to participate in this. You know, sorry. Thanks for the invitation, but, I don't want to be a part of this, you know, and then, you know, with whatever comes with that with being outcast and shunned and not being part of the group, you know, but yeah, I remember I wrote a paper about Milgram and his experiment. And, uh, I made a point to mention how, um, disheartening it was, but then also how encouraging it, there was at least one person said no and I'd like to think that would be me because I have been that person before and it's led to little quasi mutinies that ultimately were justified and again you know um, yeah and in my civilian life my first job second job I was asked to run for uh, union steward, shop steward to represent these um, craft workers. They came to me. Hey, we want you to run for steward. Ah, I don't think so. Come on. We want you to represent us. We see the way that you deal with them, and we want you to represent us. So I did. I ran, and they elected me, and I represented them, and I earned a, a reputation of destroying management when they fucked with any of my constituents even ones that weren't in the union i remember representing a woman one time who wasn't an active union member she came to me i know that uh this is her i know that you don't that you're required to do this even though i'm not a member but i thought that i would ask you personally if you would represent me and I said, yeah, no worries, I got you. And then I went and fucked the 
postmaster up. Bad. Bad. I'm not going to go into all the specifics, but I had plenty of fucking evidence to take him in beyond the grievance procedure, beyond discipline, and into court. And I was going to ruin him. And I even told him, I said, if you pursue, pursue this with this woman, the 63-year-old woman who's just a few years from retirement, if you pursue this discipline, I assure you, you will be demoted and transferred. And you're from here, so you won't be able to work close to home. You're going to have to relocate your whole family because of the decision you're about to make today in this office. And I remember his reply was, why are you so passionate about this? I don't get it. She's not even a union member, man. And I go, I, I realize that. I go, it's irrelevant to me. I said, the reason I'm so passionate about this is because she reminds me of my mother. And I personally, if my mother called me up tonight and told me that her manager was treating her the way that you're treating this woman who asked me to represent her, I would go to my mother's place of work and stomp her manager into a bloody fucking puddle right in front of everyone. And then I'd go to court and I'd tell the judge why I did it. And I'd put myself on the mercy of the court. So your move. And yeah, that was the end of that. I think it registered with him. He realized what he was doing in this position as a manager and, and numbers. And all he saw this woman was, was numbers that they, she was losing his productivity because she was approaching retirement age. And he wasn't accounting for that. The natural loss of productivity. Not only do you lose productivity over the years, you lose it throughout, throughout the fucking day. Your manpower is going to be way more productive before lunch than it is immediately after lunch. And it's going to be far more productive within a few hours of quitting than it is within a few hours of coming back from lunch. And if you don't believe me, go look at the data yourself. Fucking Walmart distribution center operated on this with, uh, in their, uh, distribution centers that came from a German fucking analysis that hell even uh, what China those motherfuckers take naps after lunch they eat they climb into some like deprivation chamber sleep for 15 to 20 minutes pop up and that 20 minutes of sleeping improves the production for hours throughout the rest of the day but in America I ain't gonna pay you to sleep Okay, don't pay me to sleep. Just pay me, pay me to sleepwalk for the next four fucking hours, doing as little as possible. That makes sense. Or you could pay me to sleep for 20 minutes. I'll pop up, kick ass for the rest of the day. See you tomorrow. But it's cool. You're the boss. Like when I quit the post office and went and started my own job, I ran into a, a former coworker. And out on the street, out in the field. And I remember we talked for a little bit. He was still carrying mail, getting ready to retire. And I had some guys working for me. And I was out there uh, doing my supervisory duties as an owner-operator. And he man, he goes, it looks like you're doing really good. You got a, quite an operation going here already. How'd you do it? 
I said, well, I said, basically what I did is I took everything I learned at the post office and I did the exact fucking opposite. But yeah. So anyway, the SGT report. (laughs) Yeah. So they were talking about things like, you know, like what do you have here with your TV? Well, it's, it's a television. It tells a vision. And then you turn it on. And what do you get to choose from? Channels. So the vision is channeled to you. Huh? And then when you find what you want to watch, you click on it. What are you watching now? Your program. Your programming. We now return to your regular scheduled programming. Huh? And then what is the media? It's a medium that channels the program to you, the vision. And then you go further. Some of my favorite is out into Hollywood. And what is Hollywood? Hollywood! Hollywood! Yeah, it's the Hollywood. It used to be Hollywood land. It's the place where they took a, you know, the the Druids, their magic wands were made of Hollywood. So Hollywood is casting a spell through the medium, medium, movies and television, theater. Oh, entertainment. What does that mean? To captivate, to hold, excuse me, yeah, that's, um, that's an esotericism, it doesn't mean like, and like, it means hidden, in a cult, I believe that means hidden as well, doesn't it, ah, sorry, we had Jay Dyer and his series on esoteric Hollywood and Laurel Canyon and whew, all of that shit, man. It's so deep. But yeah, that was the point these guys were making, or this this guest on SGT Report was making. It was like, you know, I, I've had this conversation with a couple of friends when we're, you know, um, examining current events and collectively processing try to make sense of what's going on when we get stuck that's when i usually you know I, hey you know don't remember just remember when you get stuck just default to good and evil that's where it starts you know so if you have to have a baseline and you have to, you have to retreat back to to you know get back on the on your linear path it's that when you're like, man, why would this, why would they do that? It just doesn't make sense. Oh, that's right. They're demonoids. That makes perfect sense. I mean, I didn't want to think that someone was capable of doing that. But, yeah, you know, if they're possessed by a legion of demons, that would explain it, right? Okay, sure. Yeah, it might seem simplistic, but, again, keep it simple, stupid. But Occam's razor, yeah. And then you got somebody telling you, you know, some motherfucker with, you know, makeup and 
titties and a ding dong and fucking fake hair and you know shit pierced into their skin and wearing some funky ass fucking Hunger Games looking fucking outfit. Oh no, no, no! You're you're just being hateful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. I forgive me. I don't want to be hateful here. Take my take my son with you. Teach him well. Oh, what's that now? He wants to chop his dick off. Okay. I guess I need to be more understanding. I'll go to my doctor and explain it to him, and he'll put me on some type of, you know, mood stabilizer so that I can process the insanity around me. Now, the pharmaceuticals. Here's another one. Do you recall, like, you know, before the while Trump was still in, uh, the president and he was having all those uh, issues with the pharmaceuticals, he was reducing the prices tremendously and even like, you know, mysteriously made a comment at a, at a, at a function, uh, you know, um, oh, you might not be seeing me for a while. And you know, there's some really powerful people that aren't happy with me right now. Yeah, it looked like whatever he cost them while he was in office, they recuperated all of it and more on his watch, using him to do it. He's the guy that got all the vaccines going. I mean, before he was elected and, you know, what what got him a lot of uh, following on Twitter was his uh, anti-vaccine stance. Now he's wanting to take credit for starting the warp speed or whatever the fuck it is, man. I don't know. Yeah, good and evil. want to think the dude's good. Hopefully, I should say hopefully. Let's just think that he was betrayed, unknowingly did it, or it's a trap. I don't know. And again, it could, you know, just to appease the other side, the invisible enemy. You know, I said, if they're anticipating, if he, you know, hey, I have to make it available for these people to be able to kill themselves with it. (laughs) It's their, it's a free country. It's their right. But yet he said, you know, I think he eventually got it, a vaccine. I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. But again, like in Texas, hey, there's a vaccine available for the seasonal flu tuberculosis, polio, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and the Corona COVID killer virus. You could take it if you want. If you don't, that's all right too. You wear a mask if you want, that's fine. But you're not required to. You know, so all these things, these draconian shit that was coming down on us so hard is like, just like flaking away and, you know, and and these motherfuckers are all trying to grab what they can to hold together like the India bullshit, you know? And the whole India and China thing, man. Fuck, you know what, man? It, like, why are you freaking out on me? There's only like 300 million of me over here. And like, you're putting all of it on us. Like, we're going to cure it. We're going to stop COVID for India. And we're going to feed India. You know? And, and we're going to reduce our carbon emissions so that India doesn't have to. And China doesn't have to. Man, fuck it. I'm getting to where I don't care what's happening in China or fucking India or fucking the Middle East or South America or even fucking Oregon for that matter. 
You know, it's like the, the more that they're trying to make us globalists and citizens of the world, the more they're make, effectuating the exact opposite. People are retreating from it. They don't want it anymore. Like, like very few people want to live in this global fucking society, man. And they all pack on top of each other. It's fucking disgusting. It is. It's like the Hunger Games. I finally watched that show. I, I, I don't know when the first one came out or when the last one came out. I know that Jennifer Lawrence, man. <laughs> Hook. It, that, that, that whole series should have been her and Thor's brother running off together in the very first fucking movie, the very first fucking scene, absconding out to the fucking Netherlands and, uh, you know, the wherever the fuck they were, the forest, and producing a generation of super fucking humans, man. Those two, fuck, I'd love to see some kids come out of those two. Wow, you know? And then, yeah, you know, double back in 40 or 60 years when all of their progeny is multiplied and, you know, that's after you have to go back to the to your former society and find you some breeding partners, you know, like Rome. Anyway, I'm all over the place. It's just another manic Tuesday. Walk like a politician. Sideways, motherfucker. We're taking care of everything. The words you hear, the songs you sing, the pictures that give pleasure to your eyes. (laughs) 